Welcome to the Church at Rocky Peaks downloadable messages and podcast. This week, we take a break from our current series and bring you a special message from our lead pastor, Mike Yearly, and it's entitled, Growing Together, Four Vital Signs of a Healthy Group. Well, good morning. Well, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of great things going on here at the church right now, and uh, I'm really excited about this KKLA thing. I didn't even know about it until a few weeks ago, and uh, when I found it, I was like, oh, KKLA's coming. Oh, that's cool. You know, that's, they've done that before. That's great. And it's like, oh, who's speaking? And it's like Steve Arterburn and John Townsend. You're kidding me. These, are guys, these guys are like, these are like top of the game uh, uh, leaders in the worldwide, and uh, I can't believe we're going to have them here, and so uh, the deal is, is it's going to be in this auditorium. I believe there's only 800 tickets available. And so I say, hey, we take them all first. You know, it's our church, right? So, so go, guys, it's like, hey, we, we all, we're, we're from KKLA. We drove from Van Nuys. Sorry. You know, it's like we drove from San Diego. Too bad. You know, it's like that's the way it goes. You know, we live here. This is our church. So, uh, so uh, anyway, so I'd say, hey, don't miss that opportunity. These guys are really world class in their their whole area, personal growth and and recovery issues and and just uh, uh, just kind of personal growth issues. And so, uh, be sure to uh, to get those. We can't give you tickets; they won't give us the tickets. You have to get them through them. And so, just go online, get those tickets, and then I'd scalp them if I were I'd do. And yeah, you'll be able to sell them fifteen bucks a pop. I'm sure. So. Uh, well, if you haven't figured it out, my name's Pastor Mike, and uh, inside of the bulletin is a message note sheet, a white message note sheet. If you're here for the very first time, I encourage you, uh, uh, I encourage you to take that out and help you follow along as we go through our time of teaching. And, and uh, so let me uh, start with a word of prayer, and then we'll launch in. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you that you're the God that before the creation of the world, that you chose us, that we would know you, God. There's nothing about us that makes us special. It's just for whatever reason, you've called us. And so here we are, your people, wanting to learn and wanting to grow. And we know that today is a part of that journey. And so we pray that as we talk about life groups and the launch of life groups and what it takes to make a healthy group, God, we pray that you would really prepare us to have the best life group season ever. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, today we are taking a break from this series that we've been in on the book of First Corinthians, and we will continue that down the line, but we're taking a, a, a break from that, and uh, the reason is, is this week is the launch of Life Groups. Now, this is your very first time here, or if you're not in a Life Group, you're probably saying, what a bummer, I came today. You know, it's like uh, I wanted to hear the normal series, but I got to promise you that this is going to be good, that you're going to be glad you came, that whether you're in a Life Group, whether you've signed up for a Life Group, you're not decided whether to be in a Life Group, or maybe you're not in a Life Group, you're some other kind a small group or, or maybe you're not any kind of group at all, it doesn't really make any difference. And I promise you today is going to speak to you because today is about relationship and what it takes to make relationship happen, what it takes to grow in our lives. And so the theme today is uh, our theme this year for life groups is growing together. And uh, that we're going to be talking today about four vital signs of a healthy group. But let me just give you a little background. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I went into uh, a doctor's office, kind of a routine checkup, some prescriptions, something, no big deal. But I go, wait, and you know how this is when you go into a doctor's office, the very first thing, that, well, the very first thing they do is they want to check your insurance, right? <laughs> Doesn't make any difference. You're dying. You know, I'm dying. Okay, what's your HMO? <laughs> um, and uh, no, you don't understand what I'm about. I can't breathe. That's okay. PPO or HMO. Um, but af- after they get that settled, that you really are paying client, um, that the next thing they'll do is when they call your name, they walk you back to the exam room. You've probably all done this. You go by and the first thing they do is they weigh you, right? And you're like, why are you doing this? I'm not here because I have a weight problem. 
You know, it's like, that's not why I came. I've got some other needs. And they say, that's okay, we're going to weigh you. Then they take you back and you go into another exam room. And before the doctor comes in, the nurse, come, the nurse comes in and she starts taking your vital signs, right? And so she starts taking your pulse and she's checking your respirations and she's taking your blood pressure. And you're thinking, why are we doing this? I'm not here for any of those reasons. My pulse isn't racing. You know, my, my heart is doing fine. It's not why I'm here. But, you know, they learned a long time ago that you can tell how healthy a person is, the kind of the basic health, just by checking a few vital signs. That in five minutes' time, they can tell pretty much, like in a general sense, are you, are you basically healthy? And they want to know that before they start talking about the specifics of your health. You know, before they start talking about specific concerns, they want to know, well, in a, in a big scale, are you healthy? And they can tell that by just a few of these little vital signs. Well, in a similar way, you know, I've been leading uh, small groups for over 20 years. I mean, I've, I've thought about this year. I've, I've led small groups. I've designed whole small group systems. I've trained hundreds and probably thousands of leaders in hosts. I've been doing this forever. I've visited groups. And, and so the question is, well, Mike, okay, if you, if you were to go into a life group, if you could be a fly on the wall, if you could just be there and just observe it, what would be those vital signs that you could tell in a very short amount of time? Is this a healthy group? or not a healthy group, you know? How can we figure that out? And as we go into our life group season this week, for those of you who are going to be in life groups, the question is, what does it take to make a healthy group? What is your part in creating a healthy group? And so today we're going to talk about four vital signs. As I stand back after doing this for 20 years and saying, if I'm going to fly on a wall, what are four things, top four things right away that I'm going to be looking for, that I can just take the pulse and tell you very quickly how this group is doing. So let's jump in. <coughs> Number one. Okay, first thing I'm going to be looking for, I'm going to call it active participation. All right, and that's not a very exciting name, but... But uh, what do you expect? Vital signs. You know, it's kind of a boring topic. So active participation. And let me, let me explain what I mean by this. So one of the first things I'd be looking for if I came into a life group is I want to see, are the people participating? Are they engaged? And not just a few of the people, but like, is everyone engaged? Now, that starts with basics. It starts with things like, well, is everyone showing up? You know, it's like, do people show up on a radio or is this the attendance kind of sporadic? You never know who to, to expect in a given night. It, it involves things like when it comes time for the study and people pull out their homework, have they done their homework uh, or they scribbled a couple notes on the way to driving there <laughs> just to make it look like they did their homework? You know, it's like it's actually a shopping list, but it's in the right spot. So it looks like, you know, you kind of did your thing. Um, uh, prayer, when it comes time to prayer. Uh, are just kind of two or three people pray, like the prayer warriors pray and everyone else listens, does just everyone participate? Uh, when it comes time for sharing, the same three people every week, you know, share, or is it really spread out? You see, these are the kinds of things I'm looking for. Active participation. Um, now, this will vary, obviously, from, from group to group, and it will vary a little bit from person to person because we have different personalities, don't we? Some are more extroverted, some are more introverted. We have different spiritual gifts. That's all going to uh, impact kind of whether, uh, how this thing works and, and how, we, but in general, is everyone engaged? I was thinking about this week. Um, any of you ever been whitewater rafting? 
Everyone, I want to see your hands on this one. This is not embarrassing, so let me show you your hands. Okay, quite, quite a few rafters. Now, you're probably, your experience was like mine. I bet. I've done this a couple times with my daughters as they were growing up. And uh, in the former church we had, we went whitewater rafting every year in, in the junior high up in Northern California. And so I, I would go up there with my, uh, my daughters, uh, each when they were in eighth grade, and, and, and do this whitewater. And I was one of the guides or one of the, you know, the adults that went on this trip. And so... The first thing that happens, you know, whitewater rafting, is before you get in the raft, I mean, they don't, they don't like put you in the raft and start off and say, now let's explain how this works. <laughs> uh, they want to make sure you know how it works before you get in the raft. And so what the first thing they do is they get your life jackets on, you're standing on the shore, and they start going over some basics. And they say, we're about to go on the river, and this is going to be a whole lot of fun, and this is going to be really exciting, but it's also the river can be dangerous. And so it's important that we're all on the same page. And so you all have a paddle. We want to make sure you all know how to handle a paddle. You know, we don't want people putting it in two inches deep in the water and thinking they're paddling. You've know, you got you to gotta really stroke that. thing. you put it down, you've got to stroke it. And this is how it works. And they say, and then there's certain commands that we have to make sure you're clear on. Like, uh, we, if, if there's times where you need to, need to go to the right, and there's a command we're going to use, and this is what you do when we go to the right. Certain commands, we go to the left, that this is what you do. This is how we go to the left, and this is how I want you to do. And, and when these times come, we're going to speed up, we're going to slow down. When these times come, we need every oar in the water. Okay, we need to be a team on this thing. If we're going to go where we need to go, every oar has to be in the water. We need to be together. And then they tell you, I'll say this is really important because if this is not the case, we're going to get out there and we're going to go in circles, you know, or worse is that we're going to come to some dangerous rapids and we're going to, as a guide, I'm going to be telling you, we need to go right and I'm going to give the command to go right. And if you don't know the command and you're not clear on this, we're going to end up going over the rocks. We're going to go up the wrong dangerous way. It's a chance of flipping the whole of the whole thing over. And so, so it's important we're all together, every oar on the water. You got it? And we're all, yeah, we get it. Okay, we're good. We're excited to go. Well, in a sense, that's what I'm saying, this active participation. As we launch our life groups this week, we need every oar in the water. To have an effective group, you need everyone kind of pulling their stroke. Uh, you need everyone doing their, their part. You know, the, the start of a quarter, we always start with what we call the potluck or covenant session. We do this every, every 10 weeks. Very important reason. The reason we do a potluck is so you get to know your, your teammates, Right, so that you get to the bond as a group. Because these are the people you're rafting with. You need to know the people on your raft. But there's a second part, and that's because we need to talk together about which river do we want to go on together. We're going to about to stay on this journey. What do we want to see God do in our group this year? Why are we here? And it's important that we talk about that. And the covenant is just a way that we do that, to say, what do we want to see God have? And then it's a way to say, okay, are we all in? Are we all in this year? Are we every oar in the water? Are we going to show up? Are we going to keep our commitment to come, even when it's hard? Are we going to do our homework? So when we come, we all have something to offer. We're all bringing something. We do our group social. Are we going to make that a priority? We're all going to show up. Every oar in the water. Are we all in, you see? And so it's important. This week in your life group, as you do that covenant session, that potluck, it's sort of like the guide discussion you have before you get in the river. To say, we're going down the river, we're not sure where God's going to take us, but are we all in? Okay? And that's the first vital sign. So if I'm a fly on the wall in a group, first thing I'm looking for is, hey, is this a group where everyone's engaged, everyone's participating, everyone's here, everyone's prepared, everyone's ready to share? Okay? Now, this is really important. Before we go on the, 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 last, the next one, let me just say one thing. 
For some of you here, this is going to be a challenge. For a lot of you, you've got this down. Commitment comes easy to you. For whatever reason, you're able to make commitments, keep commitments, you're good. But you know, in a room like this, some of us here are probably commitment challenged. You know what I'm saying? And I, for whatever, at this day and age, it's becoming more and more issue. We, as a culture, we're having a harder and harder time of making commitments and keeping commitments. And it's a core fo- part of following Jesus, isn't it? Making commitments, keeping commitments. And so I just want to challenge you, if you're one of those people that is commitment challenged, that you take this as an opportunity in your life as we move in this life group year to say, you know what, this year, I'm going to show up. I'm going to make it a priority. I'm going to do the homework. I'm going to come. I'm going to be ready to share. I'm going to be ready to participate because we need every oar in the water. Okay? That's number one. Now, number two. The second thing that I'm looking for in a, in a life group as I kind of fly on the wall is I'm looking, the second vital sign is what I'm going to call honest sharing. So the first one is, is active participation. Everyone's there. Everyone's sharing. But this goes deeper now. The first thing I want to make sure is just kind of your, I'm, I'm taking your, your pulse. It's like, is everyone here, everyone participating? But now I want to take another uh, vital side and say, is, is, or do you have honest sharing in the group? Now, this takes a while to develop, doesn't it? This doesn't happen overnight. In fact, if you have someone on the first night who just kind of tells you the worst thing that they ever did, you're just kind of wondering, oh, we're in for a long quarter here, right? We, we started uh, at my house, you know, um, Lynn and I have these welcome desserts for, for people who are new to Rocky Peak. And so after you've come a couple of times, we invite you to our house. And, and a lot of you have, have been at those. And so often we get together this, it's always, sorry, every week's the same thing. Everyone comes in nervous the first week. You know, and it's like everyone comes in nervous. So we have the hors d'oeuvres and we have some drinks and all. And we're about a half an hour and people, the chatter starts to happen. And, starts, and about a half an hour in, we go into the living room and we all sit in a circle and everyone's kind of nervous. Like, what's going to happen here? And I say, we're going to ask a couple simple questions just to get to know one another. I'd like to start as we go around. Would you all just share your deepest, worst sin you've ever committed? <laughs> I find this works really well because after we've shared, it's just we're so much more comfortable with one another. And so their eyes get real big, you know, and then they realize I'm just joking and we laugh and, and then the ice is broken and we, we go on, you know. But if you have people like that the very first night who share their deepest thing, you're probably in for a long life, you know. It's like, so we're not saying, I understand it takes a while. It takes a while for a group to develop this, doesn't it? You don't, you don't come in the very first thing. You, you have to build trust and you have to build, you have to know it's a safe place and these people are okay with you being honest and there's confidentiality and all that stuff. And that, that, but what I'm saying is that in a healthy group, over time, that builds and the sharing becomes deeper and deeper. And often there comes a point in the quarter, often in the first quarter, it might be the fifth week, it's usually about eighth week or ninth week, where someone takes a risk. Someone is honest. Someone is more vulnerable. And the moment that happens, the whole group goes to all a whole new different level of sharing. And it's one of the marks of a healthy group. I remember uh, once uh, in, a, in a group that Lynn and I led, a small group that, that we led many years ago, and uh, it was a brand new group. Uh, no one in the group knew each other. Uh, so I don't know, five, six couples in the group, I don't know, and, there was, and no one knew each other. And uh, so they're meeting at our house, and we're about uh, eight weeks into the quarter. And that particular week, Lynn had been in an auto accident. And and so uh, uh, she was uh, in a lot of pain, and so they'd given her some new medication, and she took more than she was supposed to take. She didn't know that. But, and so when it came time for the meeting, um, Lynn was like sacked out in the back of the house. You know, she was just like, she's out, just totally cold out. And, 
And so I was by myself and this leading this, this group. And so uh, we're, we're sitting there and we have one of those questions that comes up that often comes up in a life group setting. And you know this type of question. It'd be a question like this. Has there ever been a time in your life where you knew what God wanted you to do, but you disobeyed, you kind of blew them off and, and then you paid a high price for it? Now, these kinds of questions are designed to be taken at different levels. In other words, if your group is just getting to know one another and you're not really sure you can trust these people, you can sort of answer it at a simple, kind of funny, uh, superficial level. If your group is, is you know, a deeper or whatever, you've built more trust, you can take it deeper. And so questions are designed like that so that groups can take them to whatever level they're comfortable So if you're not real comfortable, you might say, oh yeah, you know, uh, I remember a time like that. There was this one time in my life and I came to this four-way stop and I was on a motorcycle and my mother was behind me and uh, and I thought, oh, I'd just give her a thrill. I'm going to pop a wheelie through the the intersection. And uh, then, you know, there was a policeman there and I got a ticket and it was a really bad day. And that would be like one of my stories, for example. Um, And and so, um, so you could just answer at that level or you could take it much deeper, you know. And so we're in this group, and again, we've been together about eight weeks, and, and so um, I threw out this question, has there ever been a time, it was on the homework, you know, I can't remember if the sermon was on, but has there ever been a time in your life when you knew what God wanted you to do, and you didn't do it, you disobeyed, and you paid a high price, and, and you know, I'm, the group's not that close yet, and, and it's not, you know, I'm expecting people to give this little kind of pop the wheelie sort of stories, you know, and, and the guy next to me, he and his wife are sitting here, he says, yeah, I can think of a time, and um uh, I said, well, great, why don't you share it with me? He says, well, a few years ago, I had an affair. <laughs> I'm like, all my leader bells are going off, you know? Uh, first question is, does his wife know that he was about to share this, you know? So I've got one eye on him and one eye on her and one eye in the back of my head in the group. <laughs> you know, like, whoa, what's going on? And I, but of course, on the outside, you look very calm. Oh, thank you for sharing. And so... Uh, <laughs> And all seriousness is like inside of me, I'm excited and worried at the same time because I'm excited that he would trust us with this information. I'm worried about whether seriously does his wife know, is she, is she okay with this, that he's just going to tell the deepest thing of their life just in this group and it hasn't gone that deep. And she seems to be in okay. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe they decided oh, this ahead of time. And so we, I just began to, 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 to dive into that and say, well, could you tell us more about that? Could you share with us? What, what's that been like? What are you struggling with? How's that working out in your marriage? And they began to share with us from their hearts this journey they've been on. And when he gets done, I just thanked him. I said, thank you so much for being honest. That's what this group is for. Thank you for trusting us with your lives. We appreciate that. Is there anyone else that would like to share? <laughs> and you're thinking at this point, people are going to go, oh, I can't really top that. I think let's just move on. You know? <laughs> the guy to my left, he says, well, I've got something I'd like to share. He says, uh, this guy's about 38, 40-year-old, uh, two teenage sons. And he says, uh, you know, when I came to Christ uh, my, my uh, early 20s, and uh, prior to that, I, I was uh, heavily into drugs, heavily drugs, and God saved me out of that. And he said, I don't know how to explain this. I'm so embarrassed, but I don't even know how it happened. But a few couple years ago, I was going through some tough times, and uh, I ended up using again, and I've been struggling with, with using drugs again. And, and I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed to even say it here. I, I'm so embarrassed. I'm afraid my kids are going to learn it. I'm telling them all the time to stay away from drugs. If my sons find out what's going to happen you know, to me. And, and I just want to share that with you and ask for your prayer. And we're like, wow. 
And you see this miracle happening in front of you, a group, as a group is beginning to open their hearts. And so we talked and they said, John, tell us about that. Explain more about that. What's that been like? And just kind of process that together. And we began to share about that. And after we got done, thank you for sharing and thank you for being honest and thank you for being real with us. Anyone else have something they want to share? This couple across the room goes, uh, we have something. What do you want to share? Well, you know what? Um, we've never shared this with a group before, but our marriage is in serious trouble. We've been having hard times for years. We, we don't know if we can make it work. We're, we're at the end of our ropes. We're in counseling right now and we're just trying to figure this thing out and we're in so much pain and we don't know what to do. And we began to share that process with them. And we began to talk with them. And when I got done, I said, is there anyone else who would like to share? And this lady uh, uh, raised her head. She said, well, I'd like to share something, something I've struggled with for years. But she said, I've struggled with a, a weight problem. She said, look at me. She said, you can obviously see that from me. And I've struggled with this weight problem for years. And I feel like as a Christian, I should be able to get on top of this thing. But I feel like a failure because I can't get on top of it. And I've, I've gone through all kinds of uh, uh, tests and diets and, and, and counseling and stuff. And I just can't seem to, and I just need to share that with the group. And would you be praying for me? And I sat there just in awe of this is what it's all about. That we would be men and women who are followers of Jesus, but we're all messed up and we're coming together and we're trying to say, can we help each other get less messed up? Let's grow together. Let's become like Jesus together. Let's share the real stuff of our life. It was an amazing night. The next day when Lynn woke up about noon. <laughs> yeah, I went on to share that night. I have a problem. My wife's addicted. <laughs> now, um, uh, could you pray for me? I'm a pastor. It's bad for my ministry. She's uh, overdosing in the back room. And... Um, so the next day when she finally wakes up, she says, oh, how'd it go last night? <laughs> I said, Lynn, you picked the wrong night to overdose. I'm telling you, it was amazing. And you know, from that point on, that group gelled and that group bonded and we could begin to grow together. Why? Because someone took the risk. And I'll tell you something, this quarter, as you are in your life groups, or maybe you're not in a life group, maybe you're an accountability group of some other sort. Maybe you meet with three women uh, uh, on a Friday morning or th- three guys at Denny's or whatever. But can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? One of the amazing things happen when we decide to take the risk. And sometime, at some point in this quarter, there's going to be many of you here that you're going to be sitting in a group and there's going to be a question from the homework and God is going to be putting it on your heart that now is the time for you to take the risk and to share. And no one in the group is going to be forcing you and no one's going to put any pressure on you. It's not about that, but it's God, the Holy Spirit is going to be saying, this is the time where you need to take a step. You need to get out of the boat. You need to walk on the water. You need to take that first step into the Jordan River and watch the thing part. This is your night. You need to stop holding the secret in. You need to share it. And you know what? When you do, it's going to transform not only you, it's going to transform your whole group. Because as you part the way through the Jordan, the whole group is going to be able to follow you through. It's a beautiful thing. So, so a second thing I look for in groups is first thing I look for is just everyone there, everyone doing the basics, everyone engaged, everyone prepared, everyone's willing to share. But the second thing I look for is this group going someplace. Is there increasing level of honesty that's happening in this group? There in your note sheet, beautiful verse from James 5.16. Make this your common practice it's from the message translation. 
Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. Isn't that great? (laughs) We come together not to fake it. We come together to get healed, right? And that leads to number three. Vital side number three is spiritual growth. I say, well, spiritual growth, I mean, it's kind of hard to define, Michael. What does that look like? Well, I understand. It is hard to define. But what I'm saying is one of the marks of a healthy group is they don't come together just to hang out and shoot the breeze, okay? Now, there's nothing wrong with hanging out and shooting the breeze. It's fun, you know? Hey, do you see the price of gas? It's down to 265 Like, wow, isn't that amazing? Yeah, what's even more amazing is we're excited about it, you know? Uh, like, that's nothing wrong with that. Hey, who do you think is going to make it in the playoffs? What's going to happen in the playoffs? No problem. You know, it's like it's good stuff to talk about. Hey, boy, the uh, interest rates are going up. Amazing. How many mortgages do you think are going to default? Do you think that's going to impact the price of housing around here? Do you think I'll be able to buy a house finally? (laughs) You know, these kinds of, nothing wrong with these kinds of discussions, okay? But one of the marks of a healthy group is they move beyond that. It's not about hanging out. It's about motivating and spurring one another on to growth. Now, here's a hot tip. I can't define growth for you. I can't just say, okay, well, here it is. There, there is it. But if you're a fly on the wall, you can see it. And I'll tell you why. Growth always, mark my words, spiritual growth always involves change. And you may have never thought about this. We talk a lot in Christian circles. Are you growing? You know, our goal is spiritual growth. Are you growing? Am I growing? Have you grown lately? But you know what the real question is when we're asking that? The real question is, have you changed lately? Because it's impossible to grow without changing. So see, the real question is, are you changing? Are you different today than you were a week ago? Are you different today than you were a month ago? Are you different today than you were a year ago or five years ago? Are you changing? And one of the marks of a healthy group is they not only are all engaged, every oar in the water, not only are they learning to share from their hearts, but people are changing. They are coming together to help each other change. There's a famous uh, professor at uh, uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. I don't know if he's still there, to be honest. I haven't heard for years. But he was there forever. He's kind of an icon there. And uh, his name's Howie Hendricks. And he's just had a tremendous influence on, on just, you know, uh, pastors all over his country. And he wrote a lot of books. And he, he wrote a book called Teaching to Change Lives. And I put this quote there on your note sheet. And I love this quote. He says, uh, if you would, would you grab a pen and write somewhere in the margins? Remember, he's writing a book. On this page, your answer to this question. How have you changed lately? In the last week, let's say. Or in the last month or in the last year, can you be very specific or must you be incredibly vague? You say you're growing. Okay, how? Well, you say in all kinds of ways. Great. Name what? You see? See, growth is about change. And so it'll look differently. It might look like the man in your group who comes and he's tried all of his life to spend time with God and, and, and his word and prayer. It's just never clicked for him. But, but three weeks ago, you, start, you started, uh, uh, there was a, a message on this in, in the sermon and, and the importance of this, and he began, the Spirit began doing something in his life, and he began doing this in his life. And for the first time, it's working. And he came to his life group that week, and everyone talked, and they shared about how it works for different people in the group, and a couple of things clicked with him, and, he, and it's working for him now. And so he comes back, and he says, you know what, for the first time in my life, I'm spending time with God, and it's working. 
you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the word. I, I'm enjoying prayer. And it's, it's working for me. And so he shares that. Another couple comes and they say, you know what, last, uh, a few weeks ago, we had that message and we talked about doing relationships in a new way. And we talked in our small group about that. And, you know, Frank, you and Joanne and the way you do your marriage has been such a challenge to, to, to Tom and I. And we're trying to figure this thing out. And, but we've never really seen a healthy marriage. I'm a model. And the way you work through conflict is a new example for us. And, and we've been praying about that. And God's kind of helping us to turn the corner in our marriage and do it a new way. And someone else says, you know, Sandy, just being with you in this group, it's been, you've been an inspiration to me in the way you serve. You're such a servant. And so um, I've been praying that God would show you what my gifts are, are. And the group has been helpful at that. And so I'm launching in this ministry. And someone else says, you know what? You remember a few weeks ago, we were praying for God to guide me whether I should go on this mission trip to Uganda. And I feel like he really has been clear. And now I'm, I'm going. And so you see what's happening here? It's like the group is coming together and they're spurring one another on. It's not just about hanging out and talking about the, the, the cost of gasoline. It's about changing. And it takes a million different forms. But there it's described in your note sheet in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 and 25. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Isn't that awesome? See, see we meet together not to hang out. We meet together to spur one another on. That's what it's about. And so, and I'm looking fly on the wall for a health uh, a group and trying to take the vital signs. I'm saying, are people changing in this group? Are they changing? And are they helping each other change? That's the whole point. We gather together to become like Jesus faster. It's the whole point, right? Okay, number four. Vital sign number four is significant relationships. And of course, I'll have to define what that looks like, but, but significant relationships now when I talk about significant relationships there's a couple things I'm looking for if I'm the fly on the wall I'm taking the pulse of your group the first thing I'm looking for is are the relationships that happen inside this group when we meet we meet on Wednesday night or we meet on Sunday morning or we meet on Friday at noon or whatever it is are the relationships that are happening inside this group, first thing I'm looking for, are they spilling out outside of the group? Okay. To, to me, that, that not only what's happening here is amazing, but, but connections are being made that are starting to spill out into the rest of life. So uh, people are emailing one another. They're calling to check up on things. Uh, Joe has a prayer request. Frank's calling him on Wednesday or emailing. How's that thing going out? How'd that work out at your job situation? We prayed for that as your group. How's that doing? How are you doing? How are you and Martha doing in your marriage? And you're going through this tough time. You shared that in a small group when the men met. How's that working out? And you see, and there's, there's connection happening outside of the group. That takes all kinds of forms. I love it when I see, hey, the guys in our, our life group or three guys in our life group, we're going backpacking together. I love it when, when I see, uh, hey, you know, we're, we went out, uh, we've made a new couple, there's a new couple in our group and we become friends and, and the four of us went out to dinner. Uh, the three women who get together and say, hey, how about if we get together every other week at Starbucks Saturday morning just to share our lives? The guys that say, yo, this is good what's happening here, but I need someone to hold me accountable. Would you and I, how about if we're accountability partners? You see what I'm saying? It's spilling out. It's, it's not just in the group. It's spilling out outside the group. One of the marks of a healthy group. You look for that. There's a second, second part of this one, though, significant relationships. And this is where we're learning how to take care of one another. You know, last week we talked about love, uh, 
how love is our top priority in life and how as followers of Jesus that we need to be learning how to love. That's he said was his top priority in our life. And the great things about small groups is that they break down a large church into small churches to a place you can really do that. It's really practical. Like, like here in a group like this, it's, it's impossible to really love one another in a group like this. We don't even know one another in a group like this. You, you've got to break it down. There's got to be a way to break it down. And now if I know these 10 people, these I can actually love these people and I can learn to take care of them in practical ways because I know them and I know their story and it's manageable. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not overwhelmed by the need. I can focus in. A great story uh, that uh, uh, last this last year, uh, Lynn and I, we're invited to a life group. We do this sometimes. We go and visit a life group. And, and sometimes it's just a normal meeting. And sometimes they put the meeting aside and do Q&A. And sometimes just hang out. It's a variety of things. But um, in this particular time, we, we went and had a, a great dinner. And, uh, and it was going really well until I, I spilled my drink all over. But after that, uh, things really loosened up. And, and so um, we were, uh, we were sharing, they were sharing. This was a group that's been together for a long time. And, uh, uh, and so they were just sharing stories. And I tell you, one of the stories just touched my heart. I said, that's what it's all about. It just these kind of things inspire me. And here's a story. One of the men in the group, and by the way, I asked him for permission to share this story, and he said no, but it's an awesome story, so we're going to go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, just I, I don't see him here today, so I think we're okay. Um, just teasing. Uh, I asked him for permission. He said that'd be great. I'd uh, love, love you to share it. But uh, uh, there's a couple in the group, and uh, they owned a business together, and it was a plumbing business, husband and wife, and, and it had gone well over the years. They had many, many different plumbers on their staff and, and, and their team and so on, but um, they went through some time of downturns, as sometimes happens in business. I don't know all the details, but they went through a hard time, and they had to begin one by one letting people go, and it got down to it just the, to him and his wife. They were running the business, just the two of them. That's all that was left of it, and things were very hard. Uh, times were very hard. They didn't have hardly any money. Things were really, they're really kind of touch and go, and uh, one morning, he gets up, goes out to go to work. And he uh, goes up to his work truck, and someone's broken into his work truck and stolen all his tools. Now, you put yourself in that man's place. They're already struggling financially. They don't have the money to replace those tools. He can't make more money now because he doesn't have the tools. You know how expensive these kinds of tools are. Guys, you know, you, you know how we look through catalogs and things like this and wish we were, had a reason to use these kind of things. And so it's just, you know, these amazing tools. You know, you could, you could plumb the world, you know, with these, these things. And, and so... Um, and so he calls his life group that night. And he says, hey, we're not going to be able to come to life group because, um, because this, we had this, the thing happened. People stole our tools. We're not sure what we're going to do. And the guys in the group said, oh, yes, we are. We're bringing the group to you. And so they said, we're coming to get you. And they went to get him, and they took him to Home Depot. And fortunately, they hadn't, none of these guys had been to Crown Ministries because they took out their, their credit cards. <laughs> And they walked through Home Depot and they said, hey, it's on us. Whatever you need, whatever you need, it's on us. And they had the time of their life because it, it was just a man's dream, you know, <laughs> to be able to buy a tools guilt-free. You know what I'm saying? And they had the time of their life as they went through and they just bought him everything they need. And they plopped their credit cards and they said, this is on us. Now, can I tell you something? That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Isn't that awesome? You see? Now, so, so we already, we already know that this stuff's already going on in our body. This stuff, this kind of stuff's already happening in our body. But you know, it's gonna happen more. And it's gonna happen more. And it's gonna happen more. You know why? Because we're learning as a body. It's all about taking care of one another. And that's why these groups are so amazing. Because it can, they break it down. A couple weeks ago, we had a pastor's class. 
and uh, finished a pastor's class. You know, our pastor's class is kind of a philosophy of ministry and why we do what we do, the way we do it. If you want to join the church, you go through it. And whether you join or not, I mean, it's up to you. But I just, I love for you to know why we're doing what we're doing. So you understand the vision, you understand the philosophy of what we're trying to do. And so it's the last night. And one of the things we do in the pastor's class is you, any question you want, you can get answered. Any question about me or staff or what's going on or vision or whatever, and you can, sky's the limit. And so you can ask the question. And so it's the last night. And we're, um, this one lady has a question. She says, okay, so what happens if we're here and uh, we just stop coming to Rocky Peak? Is anyone going to notice? Is anyone going to even notice that we're gone? And so I said, well, you know, there's, we have some systems for that and variety of things. But the main thing, the main way we do this is through our life groups. This is the main way we take care. Most of our people are in life groups. And so if you're missing from a life group, it's noticed that you're missing. And so this is our primary way. We have other, we have got computer things and blah, blah, blah. But the primary way that we do this is through our life groups. Well, it's interesting. The next day I got an email from a lady who was in the class, a different lady. And she said, my class tonight, I felt like I was putting it on my heart to share with her and to speak up when that question was asked and to get some perspective from my experience. He said, I was sort of afraid to do that, so I didn't do it. So um, do you know who that lady is? Could you email her this? I'd like to tell you what I was going to say and if you could email it to her. And so um, I, I asked her, it so moved me, that uh, I asked her, hey, can I share that You know, someday? There'll be a kind of time and a place when our body needs to hear us. Can I share? Yes, you can. And so I'm, I want you to listen to this. You know, I, I want you to listen to this thing. And uh, 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 you know, we've talked about uh, all these, uh, you know, different kinds of, we've talked about being actively participating, right? Every oar in the water. We've talked about honest sharing. We've talked about um, spiritual growth and changing, right? And now we're talking about significant relationships. I want you to see if you can pick out those four things in this short email, okay? She says, hi, Pastor Mike. I wanted to thank you for leading the pastor's class. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I've been thinking about the lady last night who asked the question about if they quit coming to the church, what would happen? And I felt God leading me to speak up, but fear went out. Maybe you could forward her this part of the email I wanted to share. So my husband and I, I, we started coming to this church, Rocky Peak, every week back in late 1999. So what's that? Yeah, it's like six years ago, right? Um, So we never joined anything, and we didn't know anyone. We could have fallen off the face of the earth and no one would have known. But about a year and a half ago, we joined a small group. And then last fall, when the life group started, we joined a new one. When we found out in January that my husband had a brain tumor, it was our small group that laid hands on him and prayed us through that event. When I had surgery in May and was in the hospital for three days with all three kids at home and a husband, it was my small group that brought us meals helped with transportation, with my kids, and everything else. Now catch this. I know I have grown more spiritually in the past year than in five years of not belonging to anything. I really wanted to encourage her that especially in a large church that true relationships can form, we put off joining one for years and are so blessed that we finally did. God is so good. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Do you hear those ingredients? They're participating every oar in the water, right? They're sharing honestly. Here's what's going on in our life with their group. They're growing together. More growth in one year than in five years. They're taking care of one another as a group. You see that? You see, those are the marks. Those are the vital signs of a healthy group. There in your note sheet. Great verse. Galatians 6.2. Share each other's troubles and problems and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Okay. 
So this year, as we launch into life groups together, four vital signs. What does it look like? What does it require of you to make your group a great experience, a great growth laboratory? Well, I'll tell you what it takes. First of all, it's every oar in the water. We've got to be there. We've got to show up. We've got to do our homework. We're committed. We're there. We're, you, it can't be great if you're not there. And so you've got to be there. Secondly, it's honest sharing, a group learning to, to kind of take new risks and share more and more transparently. Third thing, it's a group. It's about growth. It's not about just coming and running through the paces or uh, you know, talking about the price of gas. We're, we're helping each other. We're spurring each other on. And last, it's about significant relationships. Relationships are spilling out into our week, not just on that one meeting. And beyond that, where we're learning to take care of one another. And so as we go into this life group this week, and as we go to your life groups, I want to challenge you to make this the best group experience you've ever had. Plug in, do your part, make it happen, be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's as a church present ourselves as the church at Rocky Peak, but, but not just at one church, but just all these tens and hundred groups see, that, that are meeting. The church at Rocky Peak, God, we are here to be your people. We're here to grow. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for a week that we can just take, take a weekend to talk about life groups, to refocus and to say, what are the purpose? What are they about? To get fired up, to get focused in, to get clear. And so, Lord, now we pray that you would come and this, we enter into this new quarter, that you would meet with us in our group, that these would be high and holy experiences. That we'd laugh and we'd have fun, but in the middle of it, Lord, it'd be centered around you and your word and your spirit, and that there would be a supernatural change that happens because we gather in your name. And you promise that when two or three are gathered in your name, that you would be there. May we experience your life-transforming presence and power in our groups this fall. We pray this in your name. Amen. Today, as we close our service, we're doing it a little bit differently I thought it would be appropriate for us as a congregation today. You know, the communion represents several things. It represents the death of Jesus Christ. It washes away our sins, the breaking of his body, the shedding of his blood for the forgiveness of sins. And so we always celebrate that when we celebrate communion. We remember. But communion also is a picture of the unity of the body of Christ. That though we are many, we are all one. We have all drunk of one spirit, as we read in 1 Corinthians. And that as we participate in one loaf, that, that we are all one together. And I thought it would be so appropriate as we enter into this life group season, that together as one body, we celebrate and celebrate our unity. We celebrate our oneness in Christ. And so in just a minute, we're going to turn the lights down and just have some time of worship. You've got a communion tables at the front, at the sides, even in the back. There's a table near you. We're going to start off and we're going to sing uh, kind of a new rendition or the, the band's going to lead us and sing for us a new rendition of an old hymn, I Need You Every Hour. You know, uh, Just a statement of our need, which is so appropriate. And as they're singing it, whenever you're, you're ready to go, just to go, and I would ask you to go to a communion table. And as you go, I would ask you, between you and the Lord, to reaffirm your commitment to the body of Christ. And you would reaffirm your commitment to be part of the body of Christ, to use your spiritual gifts, to keep your oar in the water, to serve well, to share honestly, to grow together, to spur one another on. And this would be a time when we'd cement
the commitments we're making today as we move into our life group uh, quarter. And then after that song, we'll be singing another song together, a worship song together, as we just come in and we remember what the Lord did for us. So let's, uh, let me uh, start with prayer, and then we'll uh, go into worship. And when you feel led, just go to the tables. Father, we thank you. We can celebrate your supper. Lord, the ancient Passover supper that's now in, uh, imbued with new meaning, a new covenant, that God has come close, Emmanuel, God with us. And you have come close, and through your death, that we can come close to you with freedom and with confidence. We have access to the, the God of God, the creator of the universe. And Lord, so we come together in your name as one body to celebrate our unity, that though we are from many different places, that in you we've all been baptized through one spirit into one body. We've all drunk of the same spirit. We thank you for creating the body of Christ. We celebrate it today in your name. Amen. Father, we just uh, come before you as a congregation. As Jay's just said, we want to honor you. And that's what it's all about. And 2,000 years ago, you put your life on the line. You put your, your money where your mouth was. And the God of the universe who owed us nothing. As you came to be one of us and to die an incredible death for a creation that had rebelled against you and spit in your face. Lord, we were all there in a sense that day when the crowds mocked, the soldiers crucified. Lord, we were all part of that. We're part of that race that's rebelled. Part of that race that said, we want to run our, our life our way. Thank you very much. We'll get back to you if we need something. Lord, and so often that's our attitude. And Lord, today as a congregation, as followers of Jesus Christ, we come to you and we just say that we want to repent of that self-sufficiency. We want to repent of that decision to run our own lives, thinking that we know better. And God, we've seen time and time again, whether it's before we came to you or after, that when we run our own lives, we just mess things up. And so, Lord, we come and we thank you for your cross. Not only for the forgiveness of sins, but for the freedom of obedience. That it opens up to us a fresh start of doing life a new way. And Lord, as we come together as a congregation, as we move into the fall, Lord, we come as one. We come as one saying we want to experience you and we want to please you. And we want to follow you. And so, Lord, as we begin to meet this week now in homes and restaurants and classrooms all over these three valleys that you've called us to minister to. We pray that we would gather in your name, that we'd come with our oars in the water with a willingness to be honest. We pray, Lord, they'd be life-transforming, change-oriented experiences. We pray that we would connect our hearts and we would learn to love one another. We give this fall to you. In Christ's name, amen. We worship you today, God, as our great God. And thank you for this one more weekend that you've given us together to come and celebrate as a church at Rocky Peak, to come together as one from all our different backgrounds and all of our different lives and all of our different occupations. And we come together as one to worship you. And now we go out, Lord. We go out to be salt and light in the world. And then we'll gather again later this week all over these three communities. Lord, all over, we'll be gathering as your church. 
as the early church did, meeting and eating at homes. And God, we pray that you'd go with us this week and that we'd experience your presence at least as much there as we do here, as your body meets to grow and to follow you. We pray for a heart, Lord, that would run fast after you, to be passionate about pleasing you. We pray that you'd make this church the bride that you died to redeem. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week as you uh, go to your groups. If you want to sign up, you haven't, they're out there. And we will see you next weekend. Well, that's going to do it for this week's message. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have putting it together. Please visit us at rockypeak.org where you can download more messages or have your questions answered. Remember, you can subscribe to our weekly podcast for free by searching for The Church at Rocky Peak from within the music store in your iTunes software. For lead pastor Mike Yearly and everybody up here at the Peak, thanks for listening.